0: The word of the Lord is clear. Mine and your innermost being. True satisfaction in our innermost being comes from our mouth. How you speak, what you speak, the words you declare affect your innermost being. Now, some of you don't believe that we would, matter of fact, the words of our mouth would be quick to point that it's somebody else's fault. The reason I'm dealing with this is that, but how you, your innermost being is satisfied by the words of your mouth, by the fruit of your lips, by the things you say. Now, we've quoted verse 21 a lot. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, what is, I ask you the question, what is it that they love? Well, they love the fruit that's produced out of their mouth. Now, you know the statement that is made in the Gospels by the Lord Jesus Christ said, out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. Isn't this an interesting scripture then to consider in Proverbs. He says the innermost being is satisfied by what comes out of my mouth. Jesus said what comes out of my mouth is a reflection of what's inside of me. So in other words, I can affect what's in me by what I say. And the more I continue to say something, whether it's death or life, it begins to be formed in me. And so that, you see this res- this cycle that takes place what's in my heart comes out of my mouth and what I continue to declare affects how I feel in my innermost being and then what's in my heart comes out of my mouth there is this something that's tied to the power of our tongue that the words I speak determine how I am satisfied in my inner man you want to begin to affect the change of your life this is why we must spend time in prayer and in the word so that that which would come out of my mouth is a result of what I've taken in, and what I'm taking in you give me isn't you ever my wife and I can walk through a store sometimes, and uh, you know, I hate and that's a strong word. I wish that stores would not play music. I really, really do. Thank you, Sister Friday. Because I walk in and sometimes I hear some of that stuff and it grates on my spirit. But that's not the part that gets on me the most. What gets on me the most is when I walk through a store and I'll just hear, and I know that song. Because I was a kid growing up in the 80s and I didn't always listen to stuff I should listen to. And I listened to some stuff I shouldn't listen to. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I can hear a line or two, man. And I know that song and that song will get stuck in my head. Now, you might think I'm crazy, but I prayed, God, get that dumb song out of my heart. I don't want it in my, I don't want it, I don't want to entertain that. But here's the thing. What I entertained, what I allowed to get in, it it just come out of my mouth. I marvel at how people can quote a line from a movie. How did that get in there? You gave it room, you shared it with somebody else, you talked about it, you conversed about it, you thought on it, and and before you know it, it's coming out of your mouth see what we let in influences what comes out and what comes out of my mouth affects my innermost being death and life are in the power of the tongue now that's the principle we're going to shift a little bit question who has power over your You got your answer? Raise your hand if you have power over your tongue. <laughs> that was sort of a trick question. Raise your hand if you wish you had power over your tongue. <laughs> ah, that changed it. Right? See, that's why it was a trick question. That's why it was a trick question, right? We would... We should have power over our tongue. But James said this about. He said the tongue is an unruly member. Right? It's an unruly member. He said, you know, he was talking to them. He said, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. He said, this ought not so to be. He said, the sweet water and bitter water come out of the same fountain? But he said, no, we know the answer to that. But yet out of my mouth, he said, out of your mouth comes sweet and bitter. Blessing and cursing. Do you feel his frustration and hear his frustration? He was addressing this human element of how you and I speak. Why did it matter so much? Because I believe James understood by the Spirit and from the principle that what comes out of my mouth affects my innermost being. The words I speak. See, you thought I was just doing a little routine when I said, turn to somebody and say, my goodness, you look amazing today. But that simple little exercise and the response showed that what comes out of your mouth affects things. Why is it that the scripture would declare that you and I will give an account for every idle word that we speak? It's in there. It's in there. If there's a scripture that puts the fear of God in me, it's that one. Um, There's many, but that one. I don't mind telling you. I've gone to a place of prayer. I've laid on my face over that verse. And said, God, if there's anything that your blood will cover. And I know it will cover anything and everything that I've ever committed violating you and your word. then I pray for the blood to cover every idle word that's ever come out of my mouth. Because I want my speech to be pleasing to God. I want my speech to be edifying to God. I want the words of my mouth to please Him. Psalm 19, verse 14. We're still a little bit foundational. We're we're getting ready to shift gears here in just a second, okay? If you think, man, elders belaboring a point. No, I'm not. We're going to shift gears in a second. But we need to lay hold on this principle today because it's going to affect our world. Listen to the words of the psalmist in the final verse of chapter 19, I believe. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Notice, the psalmist connected the two, words of my mouth and thoughts of my heart. Again, you go back to what Jesus declared. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The psalmist, writing under the inspiration of the Spirit, we know that, pins the words, let the words from my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. He knows my thoughts and my mouth go together. What's in my heart affects what comes out of my mouth. And so if I want to change what's coming out of my mouth, oftentimes our human nature says, I've got to get better about this. I've got to stop saying these words. I need to stop doing this thing. I need to stop. Well, I've got to start with the heart. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. I have to address my heart in order to address what's coming out of my mouth. Well, how do I address my heart? Well, I first have to start addressing what I'm letting into my heart. Does that make sense? What am I allowing in? Because that's affecting what's coming out. If I've got an offense in my spirit, and I'm letting things come in, and they're coming in through that offense, I may not realize it, but the words coming out of my mouth are giving room to that. I think of Peter when he was denying the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe denial was in his heart. His denial was because fear was in his heart. Does that make sense? He was afraid. He had watched Jesus be taken, knew he was probably going to be killed. He was afraid of dying. And so fear got in his heart. And so out, fear began to influence what came out of his mouth. Does that make sense? And one person, one of the three, I can't remember which order it was, but one of them says, he says something. They're like, "Oh, you knew him," and he's like, oh, "No, no, no, I never knew him. I never knew him." I, it, it, you're saying, did he really, truly not know him? Was that truly in his heart? I don't think. I think it was fear that got in his heart, and it affected what came out of his mouth. And so, what happened? What I, the words of the individual standing there? I believe it was one of the handmaidens said to him, "You may be saying," I'm paraphrasing, but this is the verse. You may be saying you didn't know him, but there's your speech betrays you. Is that what they said? What you're saying is one thing, but what I'm hearing when you speak is different than what you're saying. Your speech betrays you. You or I let an offense get in our spirit. You and I let anger get in our spirit. You and I let fear get in our spirit. We may be able to try to, you know what, I'll just cover that up. I'll say the right thing at the right time. But what's in my spirit comes out through my mouth. And I may be able to fool some people. Or here's what happens. Man, this is not going at all the direction I thought we were going this morning. Here's what happens. I try to control that unruly member, but I don't address the heart. I don't address the root of the issue. And so I try to guard my words. And what happens is I become very guarded in every part of my life. But then, here's what happens I have along the journey slip ups. I'll call it that for lack of a better term. In a moment of frustration or mounting pressure, something's built up and I, ah! And it comes out. And then condemnation comes and I go and I feel terrible for what just came. Why did that happen? tell you what happened. You never dealt with what was in the heart. And you can only bottle it so long and guard it so long until you deal with what's in the heart. It will come out of your mouth. Is this making sense this morning? And so I've got to deal with what's in the heart. I've got to do that through prayer, through the word, through genuine repentance and brokenness and humbling myself before God, an acknowledgement of honesty before him. And then it affects what comes out of my mouth. You also have to change what you think about, what you let influence your thoughts, what you give ear to, eye to, room to, what you entertain yourself with. You got to change those things. You got to change those things. Sometimes that means you have to change who you hang around. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, that doesn't mean, like, my wife can't go, man, I just got to stop hanging around my husband. Sometimes he just is like, <laughs> right? Don't get to do that. You got to fix the heart issue. And so what happens? My wife and I got to get together and say, we got to fix this together. We got to be honest about this and say, we got we to do this. I, I'm going to give you a real example. I won't go into, like, specific details, but... When I was younger, and I still have to guard it sometimes, it can still happen, right? Because our nature, man, I could be so sarcastic. Just in a moment, I thought I was funny, right? Quick-witted, just sharp remark, sharp this, sharp that, quick wit, ha, ha, ha. When I got married, that came into my marriage. I realized, man, I could be, well, I didn't, I underestimate, you know, when it's with me with my buddies, we'll laugh it off. But I underestimated how damaging that could be in my relationship to my wife. To be quick and sarcastic and sharp and think I'm funny, but damaging. I had to submit myself to the Lord, and I still have to do that from time to time. Oftentimes, say God, you got to help me. I don't want that in my heart. I don't want that in my spirit. That's not an expression of you. Just making sense this morning. I told you it's going to be practical. You're going to have to take some stuff and do something with it. But it starts, now I don't get any joy out of, out of revealing that to you. But we got to be real here. And so I have to, you got to come to grips with some things and acknowledge this is what I do. I need God to help me. This is a heart issue. That make sense? All right. I really want to shift. There's somewhere I'm trying to go and we're just not, we seem to be stuck right here a little bit. I'm, I'm working there. Pray with me just a second. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we, your word is truth. We receive of your word. We want your word to live in us. We want your word to flow through us. We need boldness to speak, Lord. You're desiring to give us boldness to speak in this hour. And so in your mercy and in your wisdom, I hear you speaking to my heart and my life. So that my words when I speak would flow with purity and holiness that comes from you alone. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, recognize this is not simply about us individually growing. I believe it is that. But we've talked a lot the last few weeks about God giving us boldness to speak. Brother Joey Charles taught on a Thursday night about boldness to speak. We've been hearing about boldness to speak. Well, if I got boldness to speak, I need to get some things in alignment in my heart so that what I'm speaking matters. And if I'll get my heart straight, you know, I remember the story that Bishop shared some years ago where I think we still lived in Puyallup even at the time. And there's a little gas station just a block away from where the church is, a couple blocks away from where the church is. And it used to be a gas station convenience store and a taqueria like a little taqueria tucked in there. Well, the taqueria did so good, they ripped out all of the gas pumps. They ripped out the whole convenience store and made the whole thing a taqueria. And so, uh, anyway, he walked in there one time, and there was people in front of him, and they'd ordered and stepped to the side, and he and sister going over, ran in before, because we used to have church at 2 in the afternoon. Terrible time to have church. Everybody was just tired. Right? And so, but anyway, we had church at 2 in the afternoon. And so they had walked in there before they would go into church. that wanted to order some tacos real quick and then head over to church. And... He shares a story of walking in and ordering just a couple of tacos. And when he did, those a couple of ladies that had been there before turned. I think the same, something similar happened to him when he was in New Jersey one time. But they turned. Just when he'd ordered tacos, they felt something. Words coming out of his mouth. You say, well, tacos aren't spiritual words. Well, it depends on who you talk to. But see, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so you start fellowshipping the Lord daily. You get in His Word. You get in tune with the Spirit morning by morning, starting your day out with Him. I'm telling you, you can be at work talking about spreadsheets and data. And and it'll be like, my goodness. I don't know why. When I'm around you and you start talking, I'm telling you, this will happen. But we got to let Him work in our heart. I won't belabor the point with the whole story, but you've heard me tell it before, how I spoke for 10 or 15 minutes at our corporate headquarters one time, talking about leadership from a, a class we had to go through. And I talked about the tenets of that class to a group of about 50 people. And people start weeping in the room there at corporate headquarters. I didn't read scripture. I didn't talk about the Lord. I but what happened, I'll tell you what, I prayed about my time there. The Lord dealt with me about the words to speak in that moment and his prayer. I had a man, the Lord is my witness. A man walked up to me after that there at corporate headquarters. And he says to me, Joel, is it strange that while you were talking about the leadership class, I felt God in this room. No, it's not strange. It's not strange at all. Why? Because death and life are in the power of our tongue. And there's something the Holy Ghost is trying to do in us because of where we are in time. That we need boldness to speak. But not just a boldness that comes from human intellect. God forbid. It must come from the power of the Spirit urging us to speak. And we recognize whatever I've led in my spirit will come out. And so if I've been in fellowship with him, communion with him, time with him, talking with him, his spirit washing over me, pouring into me. When I begin to speak, even on the job, people around me feel something. They just want to be around me. And what it is, they don't just want to be around you. They're identifying with something that is beyond the natural. It is supernatural. It's in your words. That's why we got to deal with this. Now, okay. Ready to shift a little bit? I know you guys are going, he said something about words of faith, but I don't think I've heard that yet. That's where I'm trying to get to. All right. So, watch. How we speak about life circumstances matters. How we speak about life situations matters. And we usually speak. You ever met somebody you're like, you don't have to wonder what they're thinking. You ever met somebody like that? Don't, don't point at nobody. You're like, whatever they're thinking, it's coming out of their mouth. Right? We usually say they have no filter. Right. And so. The reality is it's not always wise to speak out every thought. I mean, if every thought's coming from the Lord, speak it out. But you and I know every thought does not come from the Lord. We know that the adversary's battleground is our mind, and he comes against us with thought. This is why Paul in Corinthians told us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But this is also why Paul told us that we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring into captivity every what? Every thought in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to learn to do, and so then our speech becomes such that I speak thoughts that are truth. But if I entertain the voice of the adversary in life circumstances and situations, and then I begin to speak them out, I'm not speaking words of faith. Does that make sense? I'm now speaking, I'm now giving word to the thought of the adversary. Now, how many of you know the Lord can read your thoughts? You believe that? He knows every thought of your heart and mind. How many of you believe the adversary can read your thoughts? I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't find anywhere in the word that he has that ability. That's God's ability. But you know what the adversary does? The adversary can plant thoughts. Those are fiery darts of the wicked. He plants thoughts. And you know how the adversary knows if you've got the thought? Because you act on it or you speak it out. He'll plant the thought. You'll turn it in your mind. And then you'll open your mouth and declare it. And the adversary is like, I got a hook in them. I know that they're entertaining that thought because they spoke it out. See, this is why we must learn to cast down imaginations. And pray thoughts into captivity. So that I speak words of truth. And words of life. You with me? I'm going to give you an example. Job chapter 23. Let's go there quickly. I pray the Holy Ghost has given us answers and understanding this morning. But I believe in these next few minutes as we finish, he's going to give us some more. And equip us. God wants to equip us. Equip us. Job chapter 23 starting with verse 1. Hallelujah. I thought maybe it was going to come up on the screen for me, but it's not. Is there no Job 23? Verse 1, sorry. Thank you. Watch. Then Job answered and said, now, anybody know the story of Job? He's been through some junk, hadn't he? When we're reading this, he's not been through, he's in the middle of. Anybody ever been in the middle of some junk? We'll just say it that way. You ever been in the middle of some stuff? All right, I have a question for you. How do you speak when you're in the middle of stuff? Your innermost being is satisfied by what comes out of your mouth. How do you speak when you're in the middle of stuff? I'm going to talk about words of faith. Words of faith. Watch. Job answered and said, verse 2, Even today... now. First, he's talking. I want you to notice in what we're reading here, often he says, my and I. He's revealing himself, what he's dealing with. Even today is my complaint bitter. You ever had a bitter complaint? Okay, welcome to Job. Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. Now, here's what I love about Job, and we can learn from him. In the middle of his stuff, when his complaint is bitter, when he's under this great heaviness, he's not looking for someone to vent to, he's looking for the Lord. He didn't say, I just wish I had somebody to talk with about all this and dump it all on. It'd make me feel better. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a friend. But Job said, if I knew where I could find him, that I might come even to his seat. Verse 4, I would order my calls before him, and I'd fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me, And I understand what he would say to me. This is such a revelatory scripture right here. Watch what Job said. I would know the words he would answer me. And I understand what he would say to me. I have a question for you and I when we are going through something. When we are going through a trial or a test. Do we know the words that the Lord would answer us about it? Do we understand what the Lord would say to us about it? This speaks of Job's relationship with God. Even though he was going through something, even though his complaint was bitter, he said, I know the words God would speak to me. I understand what he would say to me. He wasn't saying I have all the answers. He just says, I know something about the nature of God. If I could get this to him, I have an understanding of the words he'd say to me. Speaks of his relationship with God. Verse 6, would he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. He's expressing a confidence in God even though his complaint is bitter. There the righteous might dispute with him. So should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I can't perceive him. You ever felt that way in the midst of your stuff? I can't find him. I'm looking, but I don't know where he's at. On the left hand where he works, but I can't behold him. He hides himself on the right hand. Now watch. You see what Job is doing here in the middle of this? He's doing exactly what you and I do as human beings. When we're trying to connect with God in the midst of turmoil. He said, I look forward. He's not there behind me. He said, I go to the left hand. Notice where he works. He's going back to a place where he was able to connect with God before. And sometimes that's what we do when we're in the midst of a trial. Let me try something that worked for me before and see if. That's what Job's doing. He's human. And he said that didn't work either. Why? Can I give you some hope today? If you're in the middle of something and you're trying to reconnect in a way and get an answer from God the way you have before and it's not coming, it's probably an indicator that God is taking you to a place in him you haven't gone before. And if he lets you just get your answer doing what you've always done, you couldn't go deeper in him where he's wanting to take you. And so the pain has a purpose. Now watch Job. Words of faith. Words of faith. Here's Job's words of faith. Verse 10. He's talked about all the stuff he doesn't know. All the challenge he has. His bitter complaint. But watch his declaration. He knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me. I shall come forth as gold. I have a question for you. Did Job feel like he was going to come forth as gold in that moment? Let's be real. Did he feel like the Lord knew where he was in that moment? You can read those other chapters. I'm not sure he felt anything. But notice his words of faith... His confidence in God. This was not some mental gymnastics. It wasn't mind over matter. God forbid. It was an expression of his faith in God. Job paints the picture in short in those first nine verses of where he is and what he's going through and how he feels. But then he declares, This I know of you, Lord. You know the way that I take. And I'm declaring to you and my friends sitting around when God has tried me I'm going to come forth as gold I've got a determination in my spirit and I'm declaring it with my mouth when this is over I'm coming out as gold it's not going to defeat me I'm going to be victorious because God knows where I am we see through Job the power of declaring words of faith he had no indicator it was going to change but he had a determination in his spirit And he declared it with his mouth, talking to you about words of faith. The innermost being is satisfied by what comes out of your mouth. In the midst of your circumstances, how do you speak? This is what Job said. I'm going to come out of gold. My foot's held his way, his steps. His way have I kept. And I've not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have steamed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job just started reminding God of what he'd done. How he'd walked. He wasn't saying I've been perfect and done everything right. But he decided I'm just going to tell God. I'm coming through this as gold. Lord I've held to your word. Lord I've esteemed your word more than my necessary food. God, I've continued to put my trust. Notice his words in the midst of his circumstances. I like it when I get a word of faith. But I think just as or more powerful is when you and I speak words of faith. We need to learn to declare. That's the word that's been in my spirit. We need to learn to declare some things in faith. You say, "Well, I don't know what to declare." Get in the Word, declare the Word. It's true. You'll never go wrong declaring the Word of God. It's true. Can I just give you some practical examples this morning? In your home, you got to declare some things, especially dads, husbands, heads of homes. You got to declare something. You understand that's what Joseph, or Joseph. That's what Joshua did. The off quoted scripture. You choose who you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was making a declaration in faith of what he was going to do. Hadn't been done yet. He had set some things in order, but it wasn't finished yet. And so he was speaking, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This is a declaration. I'm declaring this. Sometimes you got to just say things in faith in the Word of God. Some of you need to learn how to speak faith in your marriage. need to learn how to speak faith in your marriage. I pray this scripture. Don't laugh at me. I'm not trying to like. I, I try to be careful, right? I don't want my wife afterwards going. Oh, she wouldn't talk about that. You know, men, you, you should know this is in the word. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife. Anybody finish that? I was glad to hear some men answer that. All the women were like, find the good I want to hear the men answer that too. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Brother Gabriel, you found a good thing. You believe that? Yeah, I do too. Brother Reuben, you found a good thing. Brother Raphael, you found a good thing. Brother Joel, you found a good thing. We have to declare that. It doesn't say I found a perfect thing. It doesn't say every day is Roses and sunshine. and No, no. But So what happens when I'm going through something in my marriage? I'm going to pray and I'm going to say, God, you gave me a wife. You helped me find her. You helped me to find a good thing. I thank you for that good thing you've given me, Lord. You're the God of my home. You're the God of my marriage. What you have joined together, no man will put apart. I thank you, Lord, for the good wife you've given me. I thank you, Lord, that you're working in her life like you're working in mine. I thank you that she's walking this journey with me. I know we don't have it all figured out, but I know you're leading us I know you're going to be the God of our home. I know you're the God of our marriage. We can't fix it on our own. We can't make it what it should be on our own. But God, you're in control. I give you authority in my marriage. And I have faith. I'm talking to you about speaking things and words of faith. you got to learn to declare some things in circumstances. Not just let them pass. See, here's what happens. We go to a place. Go, oh God, please. Please help. And I'm not, I'm not mocking. You understand. I'm not saying we shouldn't at times have a desperate plea to God for help. But sometimes we got to learn to shift from pleading to declaring some things in faith. Because it feels different, doesn't it? It feels different. Oh, God. to Lord, your word says, and therefore I believe. I'm declaring it according to your word. Talking about words of faith. Your innermost being is satisfied by what comes out of your mouth. So i got to learn to speak faith. i got to learn to speak faith in my finances if you got to. Lord, I've been faithful returning the tithe and giving offering to you. You know this, Lord. I've been accountable to you. And I don't know why I'm going through this with my circumstances. But, Lord, your word is true. You said if I would return the tithe and give of offering, that you would open the floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven, and pour out a blessing where there's not room to contain. So I don't know what all this is, but I know you control the windows of heaven. You're my source. You're my provider and I know you will come through you are faithful I declare words of faith I declare word. you understand I'm not just trying to pump myself up God forbid what am I doing I am declaring the word of God back to the living God I and in so doing I'm expressing I believe your word Even if the circumstances don't show it, I believe your word above the circumstances. That's exactly what Job was doing. When you've tried me, I'm going to come forth as God. We must learn to speak words of faith. Can we go just a little bit further before we finish? You got a job that's driving you crazy? Don't raise your hand. Getting on your last nerve, wearing you're out. You're like, I can't get out of this place soon enough. Well, your words will affect how you feel in your innermost being. Start declaring some things about your job. God, I believe you've placed me here. And if you haven't, I believe you'll open a door for where you'll direct me. But until then, God, I'm here. And since I'm here, I believe that you're ordering my steps because your word declares ever the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And so I'm trusting you, God. Give me divine appointments. The same way you met that woman at the well, I believe you can lead me to a co-worker at the water cooler. God, direct my steps today. I belong to you. You're my source. You've given me this job to provide for me. I thank you. I'm talking about speaking words of faith. We need the Holy Ghost to arrest our attention. To make us aware of how we speak. Because what's in our heart has to change. So our declaration becomes truth. And if I declare the words of the adversary, I'm giving room to the adversary. I must learn to declare the word of God. Would you stand with me please this morning? I must learn to declare truth. You say, how do I do that? Start digging in the Word of God. Start digging in the Word of God. Start digging in the Word of God. You understand, Jesus Christ was going through some stuff. He was in the wilderness. He'd been fasting for 40 days. I want to talk about being hangry. He'd been fasting for 40 days, and this is how it works. You know, it's, that was a little lighthearted. I'm not trying to make it comical in any way, but watch. This is how it works. When you're tired, when you're maybe weary, the adversary decides, I'm going to show up and stop bombarding your thoughts. Oh, do you think the adversary says, well, I'll be a gentleman today. You know, they're having a rough day. I'm going to sort of lay off. No, no, no! When you're having a rough day, the adversary is like now. Nah! Exactly, kick you while you're down, stomp you while you're on the ground. Not li- that's how the adversary works. So what? Notice Jesus been fasting for forty days alone in the wilderness, fasting, and the adversary shows up and appeals to his flesh. And questions his identity. If thou be the son of God. Question your identity. Turn these stones into bread. Appealing to his flesh. Because he's hungry. Notice what Jesus did. Satan. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word. That proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Doth man live. Jesus. Declared the word. To Satan. Three times read it. We must learn to declare words. Of faith. I want you to think about. A situation or a circumstance in your life. Or someone near to you right now. I want you to do that. For some of you, it might be easy. There might be something, that just as we've been ministering today, it's been rising in your spirit, and the Lord's been illuminating. Or maybe you came in here carrying it, and you've been feeling it. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is trying to equip us so that we begin speaking words of faith. What is that? It's not words of hope. It's not words of hope. It's words of faith. Faith in what? Faith that this is going to change. No, 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 no. Faith that this will happen. No. Faith in Him. Faith in Him. Faith that He's in control. Faith that He knows what He's doing. Faith that He knows right where I am. Faith that He's got this. Faith that He's ordering my steps. Faith that He's working things out for His good. Faith that God knows exactly what He's doing faith that i may not have a clue but he does faith that i cannot understand but he do. my faith is in him come on would you talk to him this morning would you as the spirit of the lord has brought something to your spirit would you speak words of faith come on let it come from your innermost being speak to some situations speak to some situations God, you said you're not willing that any should perish. And so I stand on your word. Your arm's not short. I believe it's reaching to my lost loved one today. Because your word declares it. I stand on your word. I know the circumstance doesn't look like it. But my faith is in you, God, not in the circumstance. My faith is in you, Lord. My faith is in you, God. I'll speak words of faith. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, life is in the power of your tongue. Life is there, but there's also death there, and that can work to the good of the kingdom. There's some things you need to speak to and say, you no longer live. I take this thought and I destroy it. I take this thing and speak it to death. It's in the power of your tongue. God has granted you and I this ability and this privilege. When He fills us with His Spirit, you understand, this is why when someone receives the gift of the Holy Ghost, they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them the utterance. What is that? That is the renewal of what was lost in the garden, where the breath of God speaks through a man, and living word comes out of his mouth. You and I can speak living words, creative words, as we yield to the flow of the Spirit of God. And as we learn to operate and move in this realm of yielding to His Spirit and speaking these things, we move beyond declaring for our own circumstance. We move beyond declaring for our own situation. And we move into a realm where we begin speaking to those about us and around us. We begin speaking into our workplace. We begin speaking into our home. We begin speaking into a region. We begin speaking into the atmosphere under the unction of the Spirit of God. Words of faith in the name of Jesus